suddenly occurs to me that he's doing this walk for me. That I want him out there on deck, but that he's not really up to it. And that this is precisely the kind of thing he wants not to have to undertake, to do, to be, for the next nine months or however long it is before his respiratory muscles become so weak that his body won't breathe for itself. Whatever it is that I need from him is the exact same thing that humiliates him. More than this I now see. He doesn't want to get worse in front of me, specifically me. If it was someone else who had to witness his degeneration, Doug, for example, then he might go on. I clench my jaw and run my tongue back and forth across my teeth. I'm hoping the children don't start mimicking his walking. I don't know what to do whether to let him be his own man or go back myself and reach out and physically support him. So I just stand there, not knowing, with my heart somehow bobbing up in my throat like it's trying to choke me. And that's when I get this surge of feelings again. I don't know how to describe it exactly, other than that it's physical, like a kind of poisoning or the opposite of being in love, and that it swells up inside until there's no part of me unaffected. And yet... I can't be sick, I can't get rid of it, so that when it comes, I'm left taut, brimful, feeling like I'm drowning, but from the inside out. The kids run off. I make a big effort to relax my jaw and force myself to watch Dad. It's unbelievable how hard it has become for me to look at him. He is at the point of needing a wheelchair. At the MND clinic in Oxford... They describe four stages. Onset, walking with sticks, wheelchair, bed. There is a fifth stage, of course, which they don't mention. We go past this half-donut of Belgian truckers slumped around a slot machine and thumbing in their coins like it's still 1983 or something. But I could kiss their fat, flowery faces for how little they care. And, yes... I'm thinking it will all be okay. We will take our time. And I know we'll get out on deck because I never met anyone more determined than Dad. He says he's going to do a thing, and he does it. I rearrange my coat over my arm, and I'm glad I've remembered to bring Dad's wind cheater too, because it's always much colder on deck than you think it's going to be. And we're so nearly there. Almost through the lounge, and within sight of the white door that takes us outside, when there's an extra big roll and the ferry lurches a little and my dad grabs at a seat to steady himself and maybe knocks at the back of this guy's head, though hardly at all, causing him to jerk forward and spill less than one sip of his coffee. What the bloody hell? The guy twists around, all self-righteous, like we've just launched a drone strike on his e-reader. What the hell are you doing? I'm so sorry. For Christ's sake! There's a smear of coffee on his screen and he's making a huge deal of flapping for a napkin, then turning round in his chair again and looking back over his shoulder at Dad. I can feel embarrassment tunnelling in the bones of my face. What are you doing? The guy is fifty-five, I guess, and he's got those expensive glasses that have the brand name on the stems, like we're all supposed to care. His wife is opposite, dressed in clothes too young for her, and she looks at Dad with these narrow eyes which are meant to burn with outrage on behalf of her husband which I can tell her full of something she can't quite disguise, some kind of glee that another bad thing has happened to the man with whom she has chosen to drain down her existence. I'm sorry, 
Dad says calmly. It was an accident. Not got my sea legs yet. Dad is looking at the screen. I can tell he's checking out what the guy is reading. Is your device okay? I don't know. I can't tell. It's misting up. I'm sorry, my father says again. If it's damaged, then I will gladly buy you a new one. Dad gives him one of his smiles of affirmation despite. But the guy is looking up at Dad like his whole experience of the world has long been reduced to the single feeling of irritation, and this is exactly why. For a moment, time refuses to move on, and we are all of us bobbing about, seasick and desperate, on the empty black ocean of eternity, because this guy can't work out Dad's problem or see Dad's stick. And, of course, Dad looks pretty normal when he's not moving, and so why is he just standing there, holding on to the back of this guy's seat, smiling slack-lipped?